So, a quick programming note before we get started. We recorded this episode before all of the Eric Hosmer signing and takes and everyone freaking out about eight years for Eric Hosmer. He's not even that good. Uh, Will Myers is better. It's just kidding. That's something that I said. Um, <laughs> so we recorded this episode way before all that happened. Um, if you're dying to hear our takes on the Eric Hosmer, Eric Hosmer deal and what it means for the Padres, uh, that will be coming later in the week. But we also have a guest on that episode, so don't get too excited for an hour straight of hot Eric Hosmer takes. I don't think anyone gets excited for our analysis <laughs> on anything. Yeah, that's it's not just this... being like, yeah, we think this guy's pretty good so it works for us yeah that's not what this podcast is for but this episode was great um we had an awesome guest later in the episode so stay tuned and uh if you're burning for these eric hosmer takes dm us (laughs) can you believe we get baseball in a week uh no like real baseball like baseball where there are nine players on each team playing against each other yeah not, not like just not, not theoretical baseball in yeah. our heads. <laughs> not just reality shows. <laughs> not just Noah Syndergaard and Jacob Degrom like throwing a baseball and me just jumping through the roof. Oh my god! I like every so often through the off season, I will like my my thumb will instinctively navigate to the MLB at bat app on my phone, <laughs> and I'll just open it up and get sad and close it again. But yesterday, I got to open it up. And, like, see baseball coming up, and I don't know, man. My heart jumped for joy. Yeah, today I got to open it up and see that the Mets signed Jason Vargas. Yeah. Not only go. Jason Vargas. <laughs> In the Yahoo update, it said, all-star Jason Vargas. There you go. <laughs> it's like saying all-star Jason Vargas, it's like, that's that's a little bit misleading, my guys. Yeah. I mean, he... He had a he 417 did. ERA last year. <laughs> Do you remember his first half? His first half, he was like the best pitcher in baseball, and everyone's like, he is the guy to get at the trade deadline. He has like a 1.8 ERA, and then they were like, oh, maybe throwing 84 miles per hour while doing that isn't sustainable. Yeah. It's a good pickup. It is. I don't hate it. Yeah. Mets Twitter was mad when Tacomo tweeted that out, and he tweeted like how much money they've committed to like the guys that they've signed in this offseason. and what the payroll will be and everyone was like 2007 called it wants its team back <laughs> and i'm like that's fair but also the rest of the team is young and unpredictable yeah. so signing reliable free agents isn't the worst thing ever if you just look at that then maybe it's a little questionable but like i'm i'm not mad at it yeah they're at like, least they're spending money they're like sign a pitcher mets signs a pitcher no why are you spending the money on this it's like, <laughs> You know the A's payroll right now is sitting at about like somewhere around like high fifties. What fifties? That's the money that they have committed to players for the twenty eighteen season. It's like something like fifty nine million. Wow! I yeah. paid more money to go to NYU. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, oh, that's man. really low. That's lower than the Marlins. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know, man. What is that? Just one moment to quickly say. Do you remember when the Astros payroll was like in the twenties, thirties? <laughs> yeah, that was like. 
that's hard to do. That is hard it's to hard do. to have that many players on your team where they're not asking for more money than $1.5 million. <laughs> like, you have 25 men on your team. <laughs> if no one is asking for more than $1.5 million, then I guess you could do that. But how do you find 25 guys in the league that can fill in every position where no one is asking for more than $1.5 million? That's just insane. Yeah, that's wild. There's something wrong there. There's, yeah, there are many things wrong there. True. So uh, this episode's a fun one. We are talking to Erin Dolan in a little bit. She's a writer. She's a grad student studying theology at Fordham and the new wife of Sean Doolittle. Yeah, one of your fave relief pitchers from those uh, those 2010 to 13 A's. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was fun. Um, uh, we missed them out in Oakland. And and I told her as such. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, that's fun. You were um, like, it's great to talk to you. It's also sad that you're not on our team anymore. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> she was a great guest and she was way funnier than either of us will ever be. So is it, there's a chance that this might just be, we might just retire the podcast just because we're not even the funniest hosts that have ever been on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before we get to that, we have a couple things we want to talk about. Uh, I just want to kick things off with this anecdote. It's just a brief quote. It's from an article in The Athletic by Pedro Mora, who writes about, uh, I think, mostly the Angels, a little bit of the Dodgers. And it is a quote from Mike Sosha. And so I'm just going to read this to you. You ready? This is a big one. Yeah, this is a big one. It's serious stuff here. As Otani warmed up Thursday morning. That's Shohei Otani. (laughs) Newly acquired Angels player. Wait, who? Which team? The Angels. That's in Los Angeles. Where Pedro Mora... Maura, Maura, writes for The Athletic. Oh, okay. This is dumb. Keep going. As Otani warmed up Thursday morning, profane rap music blared on the speakers between Tempe backfields. When he heard it, Angels manager Mike Sosha jogged off the field to take action. Quote, do me a favor, Sosha asked his third base coach, Dino Ebel. Please put some edited shit on there. I just heard, suck my dick. (laughs) There's so many layers to this. Number one being take action. That's my first layer. Number two being please put some edited shit on there. And then he <laughs> says what he didn't want to hear anymore. It's just like it's the old like the word he's offended by is dick. <laughs> like that's his line. He's like, no, we there are children listening. Yeah, the language of baseball players. The language that you can see if you are like an elementary school lip reader of baseball players saying to each other on the field. And what managers say to umpires when they don't call balls and strikes correctly. <laughs> and what you're mad about is suck my dick. I love it. Yeah. It's incredible. That's like the old uh, when your dad is like, do as I say, not as I do. And Mike's <laughs> yeah, just like, F this, F that. <laughs> I don't want to hear this F in language. It's just like, yeah, that's the old do as I say, not as I do. Shouts oh. to Mike Sosha, yeah, MLB's man. favorite dad manager. Yeah, he's laying down the law. I respect it. That's a that's a flex move. That's a power move right there. Yeah, well, his team might actually be relevant this year, so he has to <laughs> assert authority before it gets out of control. <laughs> he's got to look good for Shohei Otani, too. He's like, oh, we cannot have this. This is unacceptable. Imagine being like 18-year-old Shohei, however old he is, like 20. 22. Yeah, coming over here. Just like you were a superstar in Japan, you could do whatever you want. You come over, you have this like relationship that you built up with the Angels. You get there, you're playing, I assume, American hip hop slash rap music. And Mike Sosha, <laughs> this type of figure you've never seen in your baseball playing career, comes over to you and he's like, listen, old men aren't going to feel good about this. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. 
Yeah, that's wild. Speaking of the Angels, there is a uh, a former Angels player, but maybe more notably a former Giants player, who is uh, whose name is resurfacing in headlines again, and it's making us all happy. I'm talking about the one and only Tim Lincecum. The freak. The freak. He's fa- he's been found. We found him. Yeah, true. He was like <laughs> he was MIA for a while. We <laughs> yeah. went to his house as a beat reporter. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. I was trying to think of a former Angels and also former Giants player that I could cut in and annoyingly be- do that douchey thing where I'm like, oh, you're talking about this guy. Yeah. When obviously you're talking about Tim Lincecum, I couldn't even think of a former <laughs> Angels yeah. slash Giants. I don't Great. Know. I don't know if there's it's an any. interesting crossover. But more importantly. Tim Lincecum is back, yeah. and he was touching ninety to ninety three with his fastball. You know what? I will take it, man. Because he was not when he was playing for the Angels, uh, he was just not looking great. I yeah. mean, he's never gonna be the Tim Lincecum that we saw before. What if he is though? I, I'm here for it. Counterpoint: What if he is? That's true. What if he's just like like he's just taking the pedal off the gas a little bit right now? He's like, I'm working up to it. Some team's gonna like take a flyer chance on him, not expect much from him, and he's gonna come and like light up the gun with like ninety seven. Yeah, he threw in front of like 25 scouts. Yeah. So 25 people on earth have seen the real life Tim Lincecum touch 93 miles an hour. Yeah. That's like, that's more than you can say for some of the like random relievers that get picked up and signed by teams. Yeah. So he could be, I'd take him as a reliever for the Mets, even though we have like 10 right-handed relievers (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just Jerry Blevins holding it down. (laughs) Yeah. Who's he going to go to? What do you think? Uh, it's got to be like a a bad team, right? That signs him for not. I don't want to say publicity because he wants to play still, and I'm sure he can contribute something. But um, I don't know. It feels like it's going to be a team that doesn't doesn't want to count on him for like very serious innings because I don't want to say he's like finished. But between what we saw from him on the Angels and just the fact that like reading this, it says he's like topping out to ninety to ninety three. With like his herky jerky motion and the juiced ball, like I just sadly I don't see it going all that well. Yeah, I don't either. The Marlins could sign him. Honestly, they should just pick up all these guys who have kind of faded into oblivion. Why would they're he, like? And they're why like, would he want to play for the Marlins though? <laughs> uh, that's fair. We'll be like, we will guarantee you playing time, man. We are not going to release you. That's for sure. We need someone. We need warm bodies at this point. That's fair. All right. Speaking of the Giants. Yeah, ooh, these are some nice transitions we, we've got going here. Was, oh, nice transitions. Just speaking of this team, there are also <laughs> players on it. <laughs> Our favorite, podcast favorite, Hunter Pence. Maybe the all-star of the all-gentrification team, Hunter Pence. <laughs> uh, what's he doing? Hunter Pence is helping start in Houston, Texas, a cafe that crosses over with like gaming. So he's yeah. These he's, are things. He's an investor in a gaming cafe. These are what, things. Gaming like Magic: The Gathering, uh, Super Mario Brothers, like all t- different types of. Oh, that those kinds of games. Yeah, that's really fun. It, I think like my junior year or my sophomore year, in one of my journalism classes, one of the a girl did her final project on like, gaming cafes in Chinatown. And so I know that they're a thing. Yeah. I've never heard of like Super Mario Brothers. That's kind of fun. I'm into it. What else is going on there? Well, so apparently he, this is according to the Yahoo Sports article about it by Chris Quick. And it basically says that this is a cafe that combines coffee, board games, comics, video games, podcasts, and live streaming. So just all the things that Hunter Pence likes? I guess. What is it? live streaming? What does that mean? They have like booths where you can go in and like cameras and computers set up and you can just like 
do your gaming streams from there? Your like Twitch streams or whatever? I guess. But like, are we? Is there like one Facebook Live booth, one <laughs> <laughs> Periscope booth, one Instagram Live booth, and you can just like go from place to place and see how many people follow you? Is it a place to record podcasts? Is it a place to listen to podcasts? Because if it's a place to listen to podcasts, maybe we should send an email or two. <laughs> yeah, get, we get in there. Tipping pitches is like that's it's sort of like. That Venn diagram is a circle for people who are interested in our podcast and people who would go there. Yeah, that's up his alley. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Hunter Pence would enjoy our podcast. Yeah. Hunter, if you're out there listening, <laughs> come on the pod. <laughs> this actually sounds like fun. I would go to this place. I would absolutely check this out. We got to make a trip here. Uh, this is brand moves. Sp- spring break. Spring <laughs> tipping pitches episode live from cor- the Coral Sword. The best in Houston, po- <laughs> Texas. <laughs> That's what it's called. Yep. The best thing about this is that we don't even need to bring recording equipment because we have all that we need there. Yeah, we really Live do. streaming. We could live stream it and then just record it and post it later. Yeah. I'll just clean up the audio. We'll just throw it right into the feed. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Do you think Hunter Pence like hangs out there or is he just an investor? I don't know. Apparently, he like had this idea on his own that he wanted to start this gaming cafe and he reached out to this coffee expert that I guess he knew or something like that and was like, hey- what would you think about this sort of thing? And the guy was like, actually, I'm thinking of starting another cafe already. Let's do it. And he was like, oh, okay. Match made in heaven. Yes. Yeah, Tale as old as time. MLB player reaches out to coffee expert that he knows. <laughs> <laughs> Madness ensues. Wait, let me see this picture. Yeah, look at this picture. Yeah, so it just opened beginning of February. So, Well, like, Hunter Pence's baseball skills seem like they come naturally because it doesn't seem like his swing slash his running and fielding technique is really something that he worked on the fundamentals of it for very long. He's just a naturally talented man and very good at baseball. So, you know, he has a lot of free time in the off season (laughs) to like come and open a cafe and, and listen to podcasts and stuff. So I respect that move. Apparently since the store has opened, he's like appeared on the Twitch channel, which is like a gaming streaming service. And he's, gotten in the kitchen to make pizzas and he's learned they serve pizza too <laughs> i guess so <laughs> i mean Let, it is, it is gaming some... it is gaming you need some sort of sustenance i'm sure they give like red bulls too yeah name me something this place doesn't do yeah honestly do they play baseball there too like <laughs> i'm sure they do <laughs> what other baseball players do you think would open something like this basically just the alt gentrification team <laughs> <laughs> yeah john jaso <laughs> pod favorite friend of the pod yeah friend of the pod Icon of the pod, honestly. Mount Rushmore, face of the pod. Yeah, John seriously. <laughs> I, I can respect it. That's fun. So uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk to Aaron Dolan. So today with us, we're really excited for this one. We have on the other line, Aaron Dolan, the writer, uh, theology grad student at Fordham. And, uh, and you also know this guy, Sean Doolittle, I think, who plays, uh, who plays baseball for the Nationals or something like that. Aaron, thanks for joining us. And thank you for burying the lead on my husband. <laughs> I appreciate that. I rarely get that. Normally, I don't even get a name. So thank you. Of, of course. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, first of all, congratulations. Uh, we were, we were admiring the photos. We, they're Thank beautiful. you. I can they're... send you 600 more <laughs> if you would like. <laughs> yes, that's important. I feel like that's such a 2018 thing or like a, a modern thing. It's just take a million photos and I'll just pick the one that I like. <laughs> totally. And then just, you know, spice them out over the course of like three years and just continue posting wedding photos on social media. Like, it's No, no one's ever going to get tired of it. <laughs> no, I know. I want everyone to know that I look super cute in that tiara. <laughs> I need him to know. <laughs> um, well, I just wanted to say, first of all, we miss you guys out in Oakland. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was heartbreaking in July to watch you go. Um, yeah, it was really tough. We loved Oakland as much as we love DC. Oakland is always it's always it always felt like home, or it's always going to be a place that we miss. I know everyone says that, but they're lying. And I'm <laughs> they're lying and you're telling the truth (laughs) yeah don't ever listen to others i'm the one telling the truth in this scenario we actually do miss it a lot um we find ourselves actually our first like i think like the first week or so in dc he had an off day which is super rare to begin with so we ended up going into like a pete's coffee and like the whole gravity of the situation hadn't really hit us yet and we went into a pete's coffee in dc and i immediately started crying seeing pictures of like berkeley and oakland all over like the walls because pete's i guess you know it's a bay area institution and i was like you know this is what made me cry was you know (laughs) seeing all of that in a coffee shop i love that the coffee shop environment that's perfect like pete's coffee a chain (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) i love it um so you, speaking of Oakland and the Oakland days, you, I was reading a little bit, and you actually started out as a, a comedy writer a little bit, right, with Brandon McCarthy, another former athletic. Um, yes. And, and that was how, that was like how you met Sean. Talk about that a little bit. What was that like? Yeah, that was. I was um, mostly writing comedy uh, early, I guess I want to say in like 2010 to around 2013 or so. Um, sort of selling like monologue jokes and late night stuff, like really not making a lot of money doing it. And I was doing some other stuff on the side, a lot of writing. And um, Brandon and I had followed each other on Twitter um, for quite some time, just as like comedy accounts. I followed him as like a comedy account. And then I was like, oh, he plays a sport, I think I want to say. <laughs> and so, you know, we had gotten to know each other through some other mutual friends of ours. Um, and he was thinking of right, you know, getting into some comedy writing, which he's very, very funny. I don't think I need to tell anybody that. Um, and he was, you know, wanting some p- input from other comedy writers. So a couple of us, you know, started brainstorming and coming together with some ideas. And in the meantime, Sean had gotten called up to the A's uh, as a pitcher in 2012, and he was then a teammate of Brandon's who kind of, I want to say took him under his wing, but that I don't think is a thing in the big leagues. But he, um, you know, they were friends and they got along really well. They have very similar senses of humor, and I think it was just a natural fit. We went out for frozen yogurt and we were living together like two months later. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. I love it. Twitter, the the ultimate unifier. Yeah, in, true. Of, of yeah. Everything these well, days. also the Oakland A's, where it feels like every single player in yes. the MLB has passed through there at least once or twice. Yep. <laughs> All the funny ones, at least, I want to <laughs> say. Like Brett Anderson, I think. Yeah. You know, McCarthy, Dan Heron. Um, Reddick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them that I think are, you know, that go through there. There's something to be said about the culture in Oakland that is just so unique. It is so, like, dressed down and 
um, it allows for people to see those kinds of characters. They can invest a lot in marketing the team because the nature of the way that that team operates, the team's not going to sink money into selling a player if they may or may not be around that long. So the players are kind of forced to form their own personality and do their own sort of, I want to say PR, but that's the wrong word. And so you see these characters and these personalities come through and it's really funny to, to watch, you know? And something I like about the A's is that it feels like on their social media, they always promote that individuality. At least I'm always seeing the A's Twitter account, just like retweeting stuff from their weird player events and things like that. So that's cool. Yeah. They do a really good job of that, which I know that their marketing department and PR, I'm sure they're up against it, you know, considering the nature of the way that that team operates, I'm sure they have a hard time marketing players and they really do a great job at it. Yeah. And and this is not to diss the the current A's Twitterers, but like 2012, 2013 <laughs> A's Twitter was like prime. That was yeah, and you know, now, a lot. Yeah. garbage. Pure <laughs> garbage. I blocked and reported it, quite honestly. Shots fired. You said it, not yeah. me. Either. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but speaking of that kind of outspokenness, uh, you and Sean are are really outspoken on a lot of social justice issues, um, LGBTQ rights, veterans' rights, uh, the, the refugee crisis, um, which in some sense kind of bucks a trend in baseball, which is more a little more conservative. And, and we've talked about that a little bit on this podcast before, about why baseball is just kind of so... Um, reserved in that sense of of coming out and actually taking a a stand. And so I just kind of wanted you to talk about that a little bit, why you feel the need to, I don't know, use your platform in this way, and what is it about baseball that I think is so unique in that regard? Yeah, baseball is unique in that regard. I think you see it a little bit with some football players, um, which is code for white football players. Um, I think you tend to see that more with, I mean, it's a predominantly white sport baseball you know it's and the culture that is able to get through the minor leagues typically it's not always the best performance that gets you through that it's sometimes the people who can afford it most and that's to say they don't get paid very well so if you don't have you know that um what's what's the word um when you get drafted what's the like a the, uh, signing bonus the signing bonus signing bonus yeah. thank you yeah the <laughs> signing bonus what paid for my student loans thank you um <laughs> what it was um no i'm kidding i'm still paying those off so <laughs> if you don't all? have those <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i went back to college so i wouldn't have to keep paying those i could just keep putting it off i should have considered that <laughs> yeah think about it perpetual grad school so you know it's there's something about the culture in minor league baseball where if you can afford it if you don't have a signing bonus you may have to get another job you might not be able to afford to continue to play baseball so what you get is a group of people who come to the big leagues who by you know they're all incredibly talented and unquestionably some of the most talented people you know, in, in, on the planet, but you're missing out on a few who may not have had those opportunities, may not have had those privileges. So you get a culture that's a little bit different in baseball than maybe say another sport where they may, you know, pay their, um, minor league or, or, you know, semi-pro or whatever the case may be athletes a little bit better, um, to develop them. So another part of it is the big hotspots in baseball, I think are, um, they're, they're, it's a, you have to now, the way that the sport is played and developed, you have to have kind of a lot of money to play 
And I'm not just talking about like travel teams. I'm talking about the money you have to sink into the costs associated to get seen on the, by scouts on these travel teams, showcase teams, everything like that. So the talent you're seeing on the field now has come from a world that I, I guess can afford it most. And I, I'm not saying those are correlated whatsoever with, you know, their politics, personal politics, but you're going to get people who have had very different life experiences than you may encounter in say the NFL, NBA, um, et cetera. So in, in Sean's case, he's felt the need to speak out because he shouldn't be here. He should not be doing this. He should have been gone on a training table, you know, eight years ago, you know, when he was trying to be a first baseman. And at this point he's playing with house money kind of, he took a chance on trying pitching and he, it, it worked, but it should not have worked. And every day we're like, we feel incredibly lucky to have the opportunity we have. And we just know how short that window is. So it's really important to us to leverage our platform responsibly, given the short amount of time he may have to do something like this and to have people take him seriously for his ability, you know, based on his ability to throw a ball kind of fast. Like it, it doesn't make sense, but people do tend to give a little bit more gravity to people who, you know, are in the spotlight. So we, we do want to leverage that position. You know, I think you have a couple of chances if you play a sport like that. You can use your name and position and leverage it to get, you know, a good deal on a really nice car or, you know, the best, you know, VIP room at a really nice restaurant. And that's not to say, like, we wouldn't love to do that if anyone would like to offer that to us. But in case that we have is any car say, dealerships listening, I'm sure you have a glut of them listening right now. <laughs> it's your, that's your main demo, right? Yeah, that's actually yes. who we aim for. <laughs> Try to like trip the Twitter algorithm to be just for car dealerships. Tipping pitches brought to you by CarMax. So um, that's my version of a really high end car dealership, apparently. Um, so, but you know, like I said, you have two opportunities in that position. You can use your position to, you know, get a really nice, you know, get perks kind of. Or I think you can use it and do some research, do some homework, find out what people, what is important to people that kind of allow you to be where you are so that's what we try to do yeah definitely i think something that you said in there really reminded me of something uh we had fernando perez on for a like marathon two-part podcast and something that he said was that he always felt comfortable because he always had the ability to like fall back and say maybe i won't play baseball like his parents never pressured him that that was the only thing that he could do and, and he wasn't uh you know, he wasn't like a bonus baby or anything like that, but he yeah. had made enough being like a, a relatively high draft pick that he didn't feel that pressure. But something that I wanted to ask you was, you know, particularly with the platform that you had mentioned, um, however short that might be, why do you think it is that in baseball, it feels like we don't have some of the the individuality and the the personal brands and the ability, the platform to speak out against social issues, you know, in interviews that we might have in, say, the NBA with a player like LeBron James or even just like NBA Twitter being a lot more accepting of that versus a lot of MLB Twitter, you know, notwithstanding some of the conversations that we had about the the 2012 A's era. um, A lot of MLB Twitter is so quick to jump and say, we don't want to hear about that. What do you, what have you seen from your perspective that makes those two things so uh, different? Yeah, that's, that kind of touches on what I, I, you know, answered in the last question. You know, it's, as I said, the sport is, very white. Um, and it's very, um, I I don't know how to say this 
I, I don't know how to put this, but I think there's a degree of not wanting to touch that, not wanting. It's a very traditional sport. It's a very like, you know, it's Americana and people identify it with American culture. And I think there's some responsibility maybe that some players, I can't speak for why they may not speak out on issues. I think they may feel a responsibility to toe the line and, you know, just stick to sports. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't want to use your platform. I, but that's that's not to say that they don't. We may not. There's a lot mm -hmm. we don't see that players do. Um, you know, they, they may have foundations that are, you know, a little bit more quiet. But I, I have noticed that it's very strange about baseball that you're not going to have players who that it's anomalous that we have, you know, Anthony Rizzo speaking out about gun violence or Bregman speaking out. About, you know, right. it seems that you can name on one hand how many players have spoken out about, you know, of things that people in the NBA are talking about all the time. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I wish I knew the answer to that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, kind of pivoting a little bit towards, you know, a little bit more of a recent storyline. Um, with this offseason and just kind of the lack of free agent signing and the tension that's been building over yeah. the players union um, and the MLB leadership and the commissioner's office, you know, from your perspective and and kind of being involved in that world of, of knowing a lot of players, knowing I'm sure a lot of players' families, what do you make of kind of some of the tension that's been brewing? You know, you have a guy like Kenley Jansen, who is the highest paid and best reliever um speaking second, second best yeah. oh, oh yeah of course so much for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saying it so i don't have to no i know That's what fair. you mean yeah um, he's, he, yeah go ahead sorry so no no um kind of speaking truth to some of a lot of these issues that have been silent for so long and and i think that a lot of players have been wanting to come out and say and this slow off season has really sparked it um yeah so what do you what do you think of some of that being from your perspective Every player, I think, has a, feels a responsibility when they make a deal um, to sign with a team to not just think about themselves and their families, but to think about the guys that come after them and think about how they can be – if they take a cheap deal or a quick deal or you know they just want to sign and get it over with and they may you know get a team-friendly deal, they know that they're going to be used as comps in future arbitration, in future free agency signings. And they worry about that, of being that guy that they're like, well, you know, so-and-so, this super talented second baseman signed for well below his market value or whatever that it is. They're, and they're being used as a comp to get other guys to be paid less. And so that that's part of the responsibility that a lot of players feel is doing it not just for themselves, which they're super doing it for themselves too, but also doing it for – Everybody that comes after them to make sure that they're compensated fairly. Now, I admit the structure of payment makes no effing sense <laughs> yeah. in baseball. It makes no sense. But it's the way – it's the structure that all of the players nearing free agency or in free agency have paid into. Everybody who made it through the minor league system have paid their dues and they have – been underpaid in the prime of their careers because they're under quote unquote team control for so long. They are, you know, they're holding up their end of the bargain by playing for that long for so much less than their value that now they see that the ownership and the teams are not holding up their end of the bargain. And it seems like a dereliction of duty, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. I'm not saying that that's what teams are doing. This may be just a series of unfortunate coincidences that, you know, we've got how many huge name free agents not signing in spring training. You know, I don't like that teams are using the pressure of spring training 
to pressure guys into signing. I, I don't like because that's a that from the perspective of a family member, that's a real fear I've seen in players before. You know, nearing spring training, that's typically the the measure of you know, how worried people start to get. Like he still hasn't signed, a couple teams are biting. And then at that point, as you get closer, oh, that's my dogs. I love Sorry. it. <laughs> Never really have to apologize for this. that. Yeah. It's like when they're... I pass someone on the street. <laughs> And their dog like sniffs my leg and they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, please don't apologize Never. for that. Bring that back. <laughs> and the dog wrote my train of thought, which is probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> cutting me off before I say anything stupid. Oh, yeah. So spring training, you know, players will – that's a measure of how scared they can be. And they may be a little bit more tempted to take that quick offer, to take that team-friendly deal. And, you know, to sign a one-year deal a little bit less than they would have expected or a little bit less than what they should be, you know, compensated for. And um, I don't like that the teams are are doing that to players. I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, and I can't speak to that. But I, I worry about that because the next class of free agents is a bonanza. And Sean may or may not be in it. Um, we don't know. And, you know, it's – it seems designed now at this point, the direction it's going, it's designed against players who had kind of a wonky path to the big leagues, right. who had a little bit more time in their development in the minor leagues. Now you're 31, now you're 32 and 33, and you've got a couple red flags working against you now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's very scary from where I'm sitting, where I know a lot of other families are sitting, um, and I, I don't envy that position that so many are in right now. And um, I, yeah, it's really scary. Yeah. Shifting gears a little bit, lightening the mood. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, on this show, in the last few weeks, we've had a lot of fun um, talking about some of the reality shows that have been yes. coming out of former baseball players. Prince Fielder has a food show. <gasps> Who knew? Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Amazon what? Prime. Go check it out. Yeah, it's for real. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. What is it called? Um, Fielder's, Fielder's Choice. Choice, yes. Why wouldn't they go with Behind the Dish? <laughs> Fielder's choice. Oh Come my on. Gosh. This, that's good. Well, and, and then there was big. He didn't even. F- you know what? I'm not here to give notes, but. It's... Oh, we gave so many notes. You can give notes because we okay. gave a lot of notes. Yes. Okay. Okay. But I'll, I'm writing a letter. Take a letter, Sean. <laughs> well, I wanted to. Uh, I Fielder's wanted to... choice. Hold on. I'm not done yet with Fielder's choice. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to uh, to put you on the spot a little bit. You uh-huh. know um, these baseball players better than we do. Uh, yeah. And so if you had to, we were tossing around our own ideas. Some of, were pretty good, if I do say so, so myself. Some were pretty good of reality Let's shows. Let's hear it. Featuring, uh, what did we have? We... Uh, I think there was like a Real Housewives one where we just put like Marlins fans and Marlins ownership in there and just like walk away and just see what happens. Yeah, that was one of our better ones. That's Hunger Games, guys. We're just having a lot of Hunger Games. Yeah, that's like Real World or Big Brother. Oh, my God. Boy, how bad do you feel if you played for the Marlins two years ago or last year? I know, right? So, you you know, at third base, you've got a tumbleweed, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Those poor fans, too. Like, that sucks. Yes, we have. If you lose Marlins, man, 
that is the that's the measure that's the you know thermostat on how the rest of baseball fans will handle this whole thing. Yeah, because he was he was there through thick and thin. Yeah, with his bright orange jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I think the whole I'll broadcast notice. will notice if he's not there. Uh, I think what was the, another one that I had was like um, we do extreme home makeover with David Wright as Ty Pennington just because we feel like David Wright has great taste, like an understated taste in homes. And like lawn care, <laughs> very, very like middle of the road, uncontroversial, like <laughs> like Z Gallery, nothing great, like West Elm quality. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. You know, nothing crazy, no restoration hardware. <laughs> yeah, totally love that idea. <laughs> uh, but uh, b- uh, we wanted to hear one of yours. What do you? Uh, if you had to create a ra- reality show, what would it yeah, be? With Off Sean the cuff. or with any player? I suppose it could be with anyone. I, yeah, anyway, it it's got to be Bartolo Cologne. Um, yeah. No, no, no. Sean doesn't need to be a part of this. Um, being Bartolo <laughs> on a road trip around the country, visiting spots. He shows me every stadium that he's ever pitched in, and just shows me the best spots to eat around, the best spots to you know get some coffee. Just go around city to city, every major league city, and uh, hang out with Bartolo. You just I'm get to see I'll get there. You just get We're to San Diego. It, hold on. Fielder's choice. <laughs> Is that taken? <laughs> you just get to San Diego, and he's like, you know what happened here. <laughs> you know. You, you guys, no, you, you know what? You heard about that home run I hit. We skipped that city. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the first time Bartolo was playing with Sean the first year he and I were dating, and um, he was <laughs> – I the first game that I went to, I met like the family team liaison for the A's, and she was like, "You know, you get a free jersey, you know." And I was like, "Great, I'll take Bartolo's." And they were like, "No, no, no, like Sean's jersey." I was like, <laughs> "Oh, then I don't." Yeah, that's what I meant. What did you hear? <laughs> I swear to God, it was like, that's great. I, like the, I took me. F- far too long to understand why i would why she thought i would want sean's jersey yeah it's like you you live with him you know you, get to just, you could just borrow one of his old ones i can get that from anywhere yeah i want a bartolo <laughs> leverage your position man right totally That's what we're talking about. i feel My like window is short here lady all right <laughs> i feel like playing with bartolo is like a rite of passage for all mlb players it's like if you've not been on it a team is. with bartolo you're either very young or, or very you unfortunate. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor soul. Um, oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, that answer kind of uh, ties into one of the other questions I wanted to ask, which are just some. what are some of your favorite uh, cities to go on the road to? I mean, notwithstanding just with Bartolo. I mean, just in general. Oh, as, without uh, Bartolo. Yeah, traveling. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to rethink my my cities then um no i'm kidding i i do i don't tend to go on the road too much just because i work and i'm in grad school and it's kind of hard to to go out like during the week or something so if i do it's like on week weekends mm-hmm. um and i really enjoy him being in the nl now now that i get to go see all these really cool stadiums out here um you know marlin stadium the insane dolphin thing whatever it is yeah, there's not like a, a, that that like a dave and busters that has a baseball <laughs> game in the middle <laughs> it's insane but i you know i think my favorite stadium not counting oakland and not counting um nationals right yes okay yes. get those out of the way um i think those, safe are, those field, are the best yeah yeah the two the top everyone's top two Hands everyone down. universally top two yeah oakland coliseum <laughs> National Park. The most beautiful Oakland Coliseum, yes. Shea Stadium West, as we call it. Um, 
Sorry. Wow. Oh, I love it. That's fine. I'm still a fan of this team. Let me tell you why I love the Oakland Coliseum, too. Because there could be 10 people out there in the stands, and it feels like there's 50,000 because of the energy that they bring. And as you guys know, like, there's, like, Vuvuzelas, and there's, like, there's, like, full mariachi bands on, like, a Tuesday day game. Incredible. And it's remarkable, you know, how, how fun it is. Like, it makes you realize, like, how little the other stuff matters yeah in a, in a game you, you know, said shea you stadium west and like yes you, it sounds even better than i've never been to the oakland coliseum i'm a mets fan but it sounds even better than shea stadium because shea stadium <laughs> in his latter days is just like it was the concrete bowl and everything but then it was yeah. like 50 year old dads from long island who took the long island railroad in who are like sad that they're not yankees fans <laughs> <laughs> so my key demo all right <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, I love Oakland Coliseum. It makes you realize how little that other stuff really matters, especially when juxtaposed with AT&T, which is also a beautiful park. Um it has a bunch of cool shit going on. Sorry. Like a lot of cool stuff happening. Um I really love Safeco in Seattle. That's a very cool city and a very cool stadium itself. It has really good food options that suits really like any any food restriction anything. Um, I'm a nightmare of a person to eat with. I don't drink alcohol. I don't eat meat. I'm vegan. Like I'm just a nightmare. So people can't bring me anywhere, but you can bring me to shit. You can bring me to Safeco Field. Um, I'm trying to think where else. I like Globe Life Park. Is that Arlington? That's Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they have a stand called Nolan Ryan's Beef, which I love. I love that. I love the name just from an aesthetic perspective. I love Nolan Ryan's Beef. Um, Please, can you use that as the quote for the episode, like the pull quote? I love Nolan Ryan's beef. <laughs> of course. Like yes. when you tweet this we'll out. Make like, like a cutout video. Like a... <laughs> if you could. I'll say it's slower. You want to do a couple quick takes? <laughs> yes, of no, course. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I really like um, – uh, I'm a sucker for Comiskey, whatever they're calling it now guaranteed rate auto payday loans whatever <laughs> stadium um whatever it is um I, I really Park. like it only because i grew up going there and you know it's kind of one of those cookie cutter stadiums that they built in the 90s back in the era when all the stadiums were kind of just stamped out but I, there's something i really enjoyed about comiskey that is enough to make up for like you know the heckling in the stands and all that i, I really like it i don't know if you guys have been yeah um you know, when your dog barked earlier, it just reminded me. I wanted yes, to ask a quick a question. Point. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, he did bring up a good point. Um, you know, obviously you said you don't uh, travel as much um, being in grad school. But have your dogs, now that you've been traded to the Nats, um, have your dogs, A, been missing any friends that they made from uh, from teammates <laughs> with the A's? Or B, have they made any new friends with uh, with players' dogs from the Nats? <laughs> I have not brought them to meet any dogs. Um, actually, this is kind of a funny story that I probably shouldn't repeat. So when Brandon Kinsler was traded over to the Nationals back last season, uh, as you guys may know, Sean and I are really big, really into dogs. Love, love, love dogs. We've got a rescue. We've got a Stella. We've got... Well, you know, anyway, so I was, when Brandon Kinsler was traded to the Nationals, I was like, what's this guy all about? I'm going to Google him and his wife. Like, <laughs> I want to see because that's what you do because you're like, these are going to be my friends. And Stockholm Syndrome at some point is going to kick in and I'm going to be friends with these people. It's like instead of and just gonna... Facebook creeping on someone, you just Google them. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> and I want to know, like, if I see her in the stands, I can wave to her and say, 
oh, hi, you know, you're, it's because it's kind of hard sometimes to identify and you don't always, there's not like an organic way to meet. Yeah. So anyway, I Googled Brandon Kinsler and I came across, and his wife and I, it came across an article and the headline was like, Brandon Kinsler and his wife love, work hard to support co- police. And I was like, oh no. And I clicked <laughs> on the article and it said, police dogs. And I was like, yes. Like the headline continued. I was like, the ellipsis after police. And I was like, oh God weird politics and then i was like oh police dogs oh, that's, that's good. the <laughs> ultimate last minute save <laughs> i laughed for 45 minutes <laughs> that's great that's really yes yeah, so but i want them to meet the scherzer's dogs they have i feel like they have 45 of them um and i i think at some point they're probably gonna pawn one of them off on us um so we're actually a little bit scared to visit them because i don't know if we can take in any more dogs um but <laughs> yes they, they are 45 dogs. yes and also well, of course thinking... <laughs> his dog has two different colored eyes just like him that's the first Several headline that them, comes I up think. on Fox a lot Sports. of their dogs do have the dichrome whatever i think yeah, yeah, yeah that's amazing they like it's yeah it's super cool um they're such good people um, but yeah they our dogs are settling in very very fine so yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, thanks we... for asking about them. No, 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 we're not done here. Um, <laughs> oh, we could talk, talk about, about dogs, dogs for like an hour. <laughs> no, we'll bring you back on just for an all dogs out episode. After thirty minutes, but I need to talk about my dogs more. <laughs> <laughs> we are a ultra pro dog podcast. Love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we know you have to get going. Thank you so much for taking the time talking with us. We have had a lot of fun with this. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it, guys. Major props to Aaron and to Aaron's dog for interrupting and reminding me that I wanted to ask about dog friendships and dog relationships that, you know start because of baseball friendships and relationships yeah so that was a really fun interview so shout out to her we really enjoyed that yeah big thanks to her for coming on and chatting with us we had a lot of fun and i know i said it during the interview but of course max scherzer has like 45 dogs (laughs) (laughs) i could just see him like sitting at home like that's how he decompresses he gets so amped up on the mound that he just needs to be like showered with dog love when he comes home we talked at the beginning of the episode about hunter pence's podcast cafe (laughs) how about we just get an mlb dog cafe (laughs) you just go there they just you get coffee they play baseball games on the TV, and when there's no baseball on, they just play old baseball games on the TV. Or they, And you can play baseball video games if that piques your interest as well. Backyard baseball. We're just combining yeah. all of our interests here. And then there's just like, you can bring your dog also. <laughs> just a bunch of dogs hanging out there. There's like Max Scherzer and his dogs that have the dichromatic, bichromatic, whatever it's yeah, called, yeah. eyes. I would pay a lot of money to go to that cafe. I would absolutely do that. There are those cat cafes, but I don't know. Those are kind of weird to me. Those kind of gross me out. Not me. I'm into it. I mean... All animals are great. uh, I guess, but dogs are the best. Would you argue that? Oh, no. Dogs are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs are the best. I have a tattoo of a wolf. What do you... (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that's our next project. So I get... In the last few episodes, we've... We're now creating reality shows... Uh, we have talked about our campaign for Curtis Granderson for baseball commissioner. and We talked about it like t- 20 episodes ago. We talked about our campaign for Curtis Granderson as literal president. As president. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So 
<laughs> we have we really have our work cut out for us. We're gonna have to take a break for like a few weeks or years just weeks, to like yeah. sort this stuff out. We need a lot of investors, is what we need. Yeah, or we need everything to just be free. Hit we were us. talking about this last night. We were like, why does anything cost money? Yeah, seriously, Carmax, hit us up, man. Carmax. <laughs> we need that sponsorship. When she said, when she said tipping pictures presented to you by Carmax, <laughs> I died. Uh, yeah. So that was good. The only the only people that have ever sp- sponsored us was a friend that sent us a bottle of alcohol, <laughs> which is like everything should be free. This is what I'm talking about. We're indirectly sponsored by Madman Espresso, <laughs> <laughs> which we get every time before we come into the studio. Yeah, that's like sustenance. It's not even sponsorship. It's just straight up like we need that. That's dependence. Yeah, they don't even have to pay us. Shouts out to them. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> we should just send them this into the email. All right, so that just about does it for this week. We have some more really great projects coming up. So if this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button. If you have any ideas or questions or comments or anything like that, slide into our DMs. Hit us up over email at tippingpitchespod at hit gmail. Hit us up over email. Are yeah. you the first person to ever say that phrase? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Message us on MySpace. Oh, yeah. We should get, make get a MySpace. Us on, get us on Friendster. <laughs> Our five best friends on MySpace would be like John Jaso, <laughs> Fernando Perez, <laughs> Madman Espresso. Um, no, that's true. If you are a new listener, make sure you subscribe because the next couple episodes that we have coming up are huge, as was this one. Um, thanks again to Aaron and uh, to all the guests that we've really had. We've been honestly blessed with guests so far so many people who had no business saying yes to us were just like of course i'll come on your podcast yeah, and well, talk we, to you guys we talk about stupid baseball things for an hour every week <laughs> in a basement <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i don't understand why people say yes but i'm not complaining yeah <laughs> so uh yeah there uh there's some big episodes coming up so tell a friend tell your mom your dad tell whoever showed you what baseball was whoever explained the designated hitter to you yeah smash that subscribe button yeah we appreciate any and all feedback and uh, and sharing. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Pod Cafe. There you go. Let's just keep spitballing. Cast coffee. All right. All right. Coffee cast. <laughs> <laughs>